Welcome to the Health and Wealth Power Hour, the podcast provides you with the knowledge and insights you need to achieve physical, mental, and financial well-being. I'm your host, Harlan Pickett, a business consultant who's passionate about helping people achieve a more balanced and healthier life. Each week, we'll deep dive into topics related to health and wealth, including retirement income planning, innovative healthcare solutions, alternative funded health plans, and specific actions individuals and business owners can take to gain control of their finances, have access to affordable quality health care, and achieve peace of mind. We'll also be joined by innovative experts who will share their knowledge and insights on prevalent topics. So, whether you're looking to grow your wealth or improve your health, you've come to the right place. Get ready to be informed, inspired, and empowered. Let's get started. And once again, welcome to the Health and Wealth Power Hour. I am your host, the aforementioned Harlan Pickett. It is great to have you with us on this very first true podcast episode of the Health and Wealth Power Hour. It has been quite the journey over the last two plus years doing live radio. But what I really came to, to understand during that process is how much work goes into a radio show. Uh, I'm sure just as much work will go into a podcast. But some of the, the limitations that you have whenever you're doing a radio show is that you are in a very select area. So even though I was in a large city doing a radio show such as Houston, Texas, it was still limited to that area. And strangely enough, we did not reach as many people as we were hoping for across the country due to the fact it was a local radio show. Uh, so, you know, doing some brainstorming with a number of people, we finally came to the conclusion that it was time to step into the podcast realm. And so here we are. What this will also give us an opportunity to do is to talk about things as they happen. When you have a once a week radio show and it is live, there is not an opportunity to, you know, change the date of that. Uh, being on a Thursday every week, that means if something happened that I wanted to bring to your attention on a Thursday afternoon or a Friday or even over the weekend, I had to wait until the showtime, till Thursday, to actually talk about those things. And so this gives us an opportunity on a podcast to talk about them, not necessarily real time, but to get in front of some of the misinformation that you can come out there or some of the confusion that can happen when some of the news that we have come out about our industry is released. And then you also think about how many times things within our industry affect other industries. And I believe that we'll have the opportunity here to talk about that and to talk to folks in other industries that are being affected and that are confused about things going on in the health insurance and uh, healthcare world. So I'm very excited about this opportunity. I think that it's going to have a very dramatic impact on the folks that uh, do get an opportunity to listen. And so if you have uh, some, some friends, family, uh, co-workers that you think uh, want to stay up to date on what's going on in our industry and get an insight that may be very different than what other people have, then please share over to them and have them subscribe. We'd love to uh, be able to share our insights on that. I'll tell you, I'm going to jump right into a couple of topics today that I want you guys to know 
the the real story of what's going on, and that's that's gonna, really going to be one of the topics. The other one is just to me absolutely amazing. Uh, I am joined on this first episode with my good friend Shankar Ponsolay, who is a social media influencer. Uh, he also is helping produce my podcast, and I am very very honored to have him as part of my team and to working with me. And he has no idea what we're going to talk about. So his reactions, folks, are going to be very genuine. Uh, not being, while they do a lot of stuff in healthcare, they don't always understand some of the, uh, the things that are going on behind the scenes and certainly doesn't have the same perspective of someone that is in this industry. So as I discuss this, I hope that uh, he's not too overwhelmed here. <laughs> well, let's see. And and even if so, I probably just realistically represent a lot of people. And I think that's the power of also you doing these interviews. You can help. You can help educate. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really what it's all about: is people having a better understanding of what's going on, and not not getting a watered down version of it or a version of it that is catered for, to a certain group or catered for a certain reason. And that's actually the first thing we're going to talk about. And a lot of you have probably heard that a, a judge in Texas, in North Texas, a uh, federal judge, has struck down part of the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, and that part had to do with the inclusion of preventative services, a variety of preventative services, as part, as mandatory. So what that means is right now, uh, there's a number of services that you can get at zero cost, and that is mandatory if you have an ACA-compliant plan. Well, the question then becomes, why would anyone, why would, why would anyone ever file a lawsuit that would take your preventative care away, your zero-cost preventative care why would they take that away? I mean, that makes no sense, right? Why would they do that? And everything you see in the media right now is all about that. Everything is focused on these, the, the folks who filed this lawsuit are trying to take your benefits away. They're trying to take away your right to preventative care. Well, if you just look at it at face value, wow, what, what kind of demons are these people, right? What kind of evil is taking away my preventative care. But what it really, what, what, what's really happened here is that the way that the ACA, Obamacare, law is written, so many things are tied to other things that there are impacts to parts of the law that may not even have been what they were after, but they had to be impacted because of the part that they were going after. And that's the case with this. So what this group of Christian businesses and Christian individual Christians that had, had filed this suit, what they were really going after is saying, we should not be responsible for providing medications in one very... One specific medication was called out, but there was others they were concerned about. We should not be required to pay for these if it goes against our religious views. That particular medication is for HIV. So regardless of what your views are 
on this, their intention here was to not pay for medications for people that have HIV, that it should not be required. It should not be tied in with that. Well, to, because all of those things are tied together, including that, so they, they lumped that in. What, what happened is in the law, all of that's lumped together. So here you have this HIV medication that is lumped in with all your other preventative care and therefore required to be paid for by an ACA compliant plan. All they really wanted was to go after this one part, but that's not allowed. You have to go after everything there. So what they really did is they said, okay, all of these preventative measures, there's three different organizations slash committees that determine what should be part of the, not required, but the, the recommended things that folks get for preventative care. And one of those committees, so what, what the judge really overturned is one of those committees is not appointed by the president and go through go through the Senate to be approved, okay? And the and CMS, who oversees this, all these recommendations, they actually do not have any control over this group. And whatever the recommend, recommendations are, they can't say no to. So the, the part of the law here that's telling them, okay, you have to cover all these things, it's coming from a group that has no government oversight. And so that, in a nutshell, I mean, there's a little more, it's a little deeper than that, but that in a nutshell is what has caused this to get overturned. There's, once again, there's actually three different committees recommending these things, but one of them has been determined that that committee should not be making any recommendations because they're not appointed by the president and approved by the Senate. So it's, it's some of these technicalities, right? Now, what that means though, and this is interesting, is that immediately, like immediately, as soon as this was done, he put a stop to that. He says, these plans no longer have to have this. Now, understand that that doesn't mean that plans are going to stop dropping this. You can't, it's in the middle of a plan year, you can't just drop stuff like that anyway. It's not, it's not going to happen. But the other side of it is, what I personally believe, and I've talked to a number of people across the industry, including uh, ERISA attorneys and compliance folks, that no one's going to change anything. They're not going to change anything right now because this is going to the Supreme Court. Let's just be honest. We don't know when it's going to. It may be two or three years from now, but it's going to the Supreme Court at some point in time. And so making any change right now would be very premature. So I personally don't believe you're going to see any change in plans whether that's employer-based or whether that is, you know, at the carrier level, anywhere like that, you're not going to see any changes right now based on this because it's not over. Uh, you know, I, I've already seen rumblings that uh, the Biden administration is certainly going to file an appeal, try to put a stay on this for right now. But that notwithstanding, I still believe it's going to be a process before anything is determined. So it's, 
it's interesting these things happen because I, I really do not believe, and if you read a little bit about the, the lawsuit, the intention of these groups was not necessarily to get rid of all of your preventative care, but that is the way it's being portrayed in the media. So once again, what's the real story? So what are your thoughts on that, Shankar? Yeah, wow, that was a lot to digest. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think you spoke about two different things. Number one is a question of basically philosophy of is if we want to talk about the United States as a as a nation, which it is, of course, is a nation going to agree to include certain things in healthcare in a mandatory way? And if so, is it going to spread the risk to take care of that burden onto everyone who is part of that nation? That is the question. And in my personal opinion is the moment President Trump abolished the the penalty for not participating, that theoretical idea of spreading the risk uh, through everyone it has is not working anymore right. so that's that thing so we have we have at the core this idea of okay are we all responsible and then of course we need to agree on what falls under that responsibility that was the first part of what you mentioned the second part is okay now we have groups that have certain interests in this case a christian group and they go to smart attorneys and lawyers and they tell them, well, there's ways we can attack this. And in this case, there's this technical problem here that seems to have a vulnerability. So let's go after that. And we might achieve our end goal through that. And, you know, I think that is just how our society works when we agree that we are governed by a system that is based on a legal framework. I think we all, being in this country, we all agree to that and abide by that. And um, yeah, I mean, now is it goes back to really, I know, is that the reaction you were looking for? Or? Yeah, I wasn't no. looking for any particular mm-hmm. reaction. I, I think it's just interesting what you just said, because if you really look at the fundamentals of what Obamacare has provided, it it is a gateway program to socialized medicine. I mean, people people can argue about that all day long, but that's just the fact, folks. Anytime you have something subsidized that much by the government and providing people free health care, that is socialized medicine. That's the direction that it's going big time. Yeah, and let me let me add to this. Many who know me know that I have immigrated from Luxembourg, which is a universal healthcare country where 100% we were all benefiting from socialized medicine. And now here in the US, 
after I have graduated from college, I was pretty quick to opt out of the American version of socialized medicine for many reasons. I was actually one of those people who were happy that President Trump made that decision. And I was able to take advantage of free market models that were just a better fit for me. Now, I will say I am a relatively healthy person. I am also a business owner. So I certainly have a different lens than a lot of other people who might be in favor of this approach to healthcare. But then again, that is the beauty about our beautiful country. We have a space where there is place for debate and controversy. And one thing that I like about the United States also is that we don't hide that debate. We make it publicly available, not only to our own citizens, but to the world. And in doing so, we seem to always be shown as the problem child. But I am in total disagreement with that because I think we are a catalyst for conversation worldwide because of the open way we choose to show what's going on in our country. That is not the case in a lot of other countries. If, if you think about it, if you come from a single-payer healthcare country, you don't have the choice. You are born into this and you get what you get, right? There's nobody who asks you to have a conversation about whether you want to have a free market approach or not. But here, all of that is possible. And that's why I, I love this country so much. And yes, finding solutions that please a majority of people takes a much longer time. And to some degree, we all know it's, it's also impossible to make everyone happy. But again, it's the, the better choice for me. It's the better model for me. Well, and you, you bring up an in interesting point there. One of the things that most people do not realize, we, we, we always hear complaints about our healthcare system and that it's broke and there's all these problems. And most of those problems are actually access problems. You know, one, one of the things that Obamacare didn't do was fix that. In fact, it, it really pointed out to most people that, that they thought that having health insurance and having health care was the same thing, and it's really been proven to be wrong because if you've got a zero out of pocket, zero cost, it doesn't cost me nothing for my health plan, but I have a $9,000 deductible, ladies and gentlemen, you do not have access to health care because you have a huge roadblock to health care. You have a $9,000 roadblock to health care when 80% of the people in the country do not have $400 in a savings account. Where is $9,000 coming from? And what we see is people either delay uh, service or just simply don't get it. They, they do not get something that is required. I have seen it time and time again. And it is, uh, it, it's, it's not just in that individual marketplace either. It is with employer plans that have, the cost has gone up so much that now their, their deductibles are high and, and you've got the same problem. And remember, more people actually get their health insurance plan from their employer than anywhere else in the country. So 
it's an interesting dynamic there. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to point out is you, you had talked about single-payer single systems around the world. Most folks don't realize, but the United States has more uh, medical tourism than any other country in the world. And the majority of that medical tourism comes from single-payer countries. So these folks left the country where that might have been a zero cost to come here and pay for it, including the travel, because they expect the outcome to be much better and to get better service here. Uh, and of course, in some cases, you've all heard, the waits can be <laughs> super long in places, and maybe you decided you didn't want to wait 27 months for your hip replacement, and you decide you want to go ahead and get it done. But that just shows the quality of care is not here. It's not that our healthcare in the United States is poor. It's that access to our healthcare can be very difficult to achieve with the current system and way it's accessed now. And that's the biggest problem people have, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Let's be honest. Um, at the point where it was given people like me, business owners, healthy people, or people who had whatever reason to be wanting to not be forced into ACA, at the point it was possible for us to legally leave that pool of people, now all of a sudden you as a government had a problem. And the problem is, guess who's going to want to stay in? Well, those who don't... <laughs> <laughs> don't who don't those who can't afford or those who really are in high need and are going to have huge utilization right so but that, you know from a business perspective now you have a, a big problem because you know you don't have the people contributing anymore that will have normal or low utilization and you have all the people in there that will have to use the system and that's not their fault right so then, of course, what can you do if you are forced to make it open to anyone who wants to? Well, the only other variable is now you need to control your cost to, uh, to what you have promised to make available. And in order to lower the cost, you got to make it, what, cheaper? And how can you make it cheaper? Well, by putting limits and boundaries onto that. And the limits and boundaries are accessibility, time, choice, all those kind of things, right? And I think that's ultimately uh, a big part of certainly a, a buzzword in these conversations that we keep having is, is accessibility. And it is, it is really such an important aspect because we know that time is of the essence in, in healthcare and in maintaining your health. When there is something that comes up, you want it ideally to be detected very early or you want at the very least be able to look after it right after you know that uh, there's a, a problem. And that, of course, is, as we know, not guaranteed at all right now. Uh, especially people who are living in, in rural parts of our country, they might have to drive several hours to get to see certain 
medical professionals. And yeah, that's a big problem. And I know that's something you and I are involved in to find a solution to that. Yeah, absolutely. That is, you know, one, one of the, the big groups that's helping towards that. Obviously, we're both members of the Free Market Medical Association, and their big annual conference is coming up in Kansas City in May 3rd through the, the 5th. Uh, we're one of the sponsors of that because we believe in a free market outlook towards this. It really is the, the answer to a lot of the ills that are, we're suffering from in, this, in the healthcare industry. We're going to call it that uh, because that's where the focus gets, gets put. Everyone says it's a problem with, with healthcare, but once again, I'm telling you it's a, it's a problem with access to healthcare is the real issue. And there are answers out there, and we'll, we'll probably do whole shows about some of those, those answers coming up, especially things like direct primary care, uh, level funding, direct contracting. There's a number of things that you as an individual and a business owner can do to change what's happening in your world and change your, your, your own access to health care or change your employees' access to health care. All right, well, we're going to jump subjects here because this is... Yeah, let me just uh, mention one thing since you mentioned the national conference, and I think a lot of people listening to this podcast will also like to know that here in San Antonio, we have an upcoming meeting. That's right. And that is on the 27th, April 27th. Um, it's going to be a good meeting for those of you who want to have an introduction into the field of free market medicine, a local doctor, Dr. Wes Clements, will speak about what is possible with alternative ways. So you can go to sanantoniofmma.org, sanantoniofmma.org, and uh, get your tickets there. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, thanks for reminding me of that because that's a. Uh, I'm very looking very forward to that that event next week. Um, uh, well, that's two weeks, right? Two weeks? Yeah, yes, two, weeks. two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. And you are sponsoring that as well. I am Harlan. sponsoring that, yes. <laughs> yes, Eagle Care is sponsoring that as well. Uh, we're, we're huge believers that this is the movement that is going to make a difference. There, there's some other uh, folks out there like NextGen uh, Benefits, uh, Health Rosetta, uh, the folks that have a different way of thinking that are bringing ideas, concepts, and, and true innovation into the market that's that's where it's going to be is grassroots folks grassroots movements are, are what's going to make the difference because if we don't then here's the next subject we're going to talk about and this just absolutely boggles my mind i i cannot understand how things like this are allowed to happen so first of all let me give you a concept shankar let me see what you think about this concept so Let's say that you work for me and I pay you, but I've decided to delay your pay for whatever reason. It doesn't matter. I'm going to delay your pay. But I also operate a payday loan company. And so because you're not getting paid by me, now you need to take out a payday loan, but I'm going to help you out by giving you a loan until I do pay you. Does that seem like a pretty legit deal to you? Uh, so it's like there's a little bit of conflict of interest there. <laughs> well, 
It's just, I, I cannot believe these things happen. So Optum, who is a subsidiary of United Healthcare, so it's owned by United Healthcare. And if you didn't know, folks, United Healthcare is the largest employer of physicians in this country. So Optum, which also has a bank, by the way, Optum Bank, Optum is now offering a payday loan business that's targeting medical practices. Okay, so United Healthcare, whether they whether these doctors work for United Healthcare or not is is kind of irrelevant, but it, but it's not because it's just it's crazy. So United Healthcare is one of the biggest uh, bad folks as far as timely payments and denying claims and delaying payments to doctors' offices that then need that money from those claims to pay their staff, and so now they're operating a payday loan business to keep those doctor's office is going. I mean, it, it is genius. It, it really is. I mean, wow. What? But just to set on these guys, right? The, oh my gosh. It just is, I cannot believe that things like this are going on, but leave it to that 800-pound gorilla, United Healthcare slash Optum, to come up with a way to make money at every turn on these guys. Just amazing. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the capitalist in me is in awe. Like <laughs> exactly. Talk about win-win situation right there. Exactly. The, my business owner <laughs> self said, "Oh my gosh, how can I make this work for me?" Right. Oh my lord. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, there's a problem. I mean, there is a problem. And again, I am definitely the last person who is against making money. I'm a business owner myself, but if it is always done on the backs of people who have health problems, which we know is a large part in the United States that is in that situation, that is not okay. Uh, especially not if it's operated by companies who really have a lot of other options to generate income for themselves. Yeah, you know, you think, okay, well, what's the, what's the real answer there? Well, the real answer United Healthcare is to process those claims and pay these doctors not give them a payday loan, but exactly. actually process these things and get these people paid in a more timely manner. And now, I'm not just calling out United Healthcare. We're calling them out right now because of this particular practice. But across the board, doctors wait weeks, months to get paid for services. And as a number of you just saw here recently, you know, Cigna has a big lawsuit because of like a million, over a million claims that were rejected through auto adjudication, uh, the average time that the claim took to get rejected was like 1.6 seconds. It never even saw, a doctor never even saw it. Well, imagine that you are a doctor's office that's putting these in there and you've got to have these funds to run your office. Everything that's happened through Medicare, through ACA, through all of these different avenues, it requires so much administration now that there is no such thing as a lean doctor's office unless they've stepped away and they don't take yeah. that anymore. You've got DPCs, of course, that have the ability to be lean. You have some of these folks that just say, we don't take insurance anymore. But you've caused a problem, insurance companies and government, you've caused the problems that made all of these things have so much administration that the staff's bloated, but then you won't pay them. That's, that's a huge issue. Yeah, that is a huge issue. And, uh, you know, it makes me think also my company supports 
a few healthcare companies here locally and I can tell you the budget that is allocated to making the uh, claims department operate is always considerable. There is always, there's a lot of staff that goes into that, as you mentioned. There's a lot of technology that is involved. And also, these small businesses are being made to jump through incredible amounts of hoops to submit the claim in the correct format this is not don't think that you can send in a a fax or some kind of paper (laughs) form no you gotta have machine readable transmission protocols that are secure and this and that so to hear that you know knowing that small businesses go through so many steps to abide by those requirements and to hear that that gets basically denied in what did you say 1.6 seconds that that is really that is incredible yeah it it really is and you know the there's so many different things going on in in that world right now in the doctors are we we hear about burnout all the time right i mean especially us you know we we're we're in that realm so much that we hear about doctors burning out we we hear about them having trouble staffing their office. And a lot of it is just so much of this tedious. They just want to practice medicine. Most of them just want to practice medicine and help people. And what they've turned into instead is uh, the overlord of their administration staff because if things don't get done properly, we don't get paid. If we don't get paid, I can't pay you. Oh, wait, look, opt them to the rescue, payday loan. <laughs> it, oh my gosh. I, I know, it, it's, it's, it's insane the direction that this has gone. It is, it is. I, I didn't know, you are way deeper into being on up to date on all these issues, but wow, it leaves me speechless. And again, as part of my business, I have the privilege to work with several uh, doctors here in the area. And yeah, they are all, I mean, that's not what they signed up for when right. they decided to go through the financial and time requirements that it takes to become a physician. Absolutely. All right. Well, I really don't have anything else I want. I got a bunch of stuff I want to talk about, but <laughs> we're 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 gonna kind of limit things today. One thing I do want to uh, hit upon, and, and you touched on it a little bit before. You're an immigrant. You've you've you got into this country, and you know you went to college here. Uh, you became an American citizen. I know how, how proud you are oh, of yeah. that accomplishment. But talk a little bit about your business and your focus, because I, I do want people to hear about that uh, as they're listening today. Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, my business, I have two businesses now. I can truly call it like that. On On the primary business is the marketing and public relations agency that is very savvy in promoting healthcare businesses. More particularly, we have a specialization in a segment uh, referred to as free market medicine. We understand that very well. Lately, we have 
also really started focusing on artificial intelligence and business automations, understanding how that can make businesses more efficient and also understanding how that can make small businesses or maybe even self-employed individuals more efficient. So we have definitely started getting into showing, coaching, teaching people how to utilize uh, these new technologies to be more creative, more efficient, and uh, also gain back a lot more time to focus on their zone of genius. And if I may uh, name the landing page, uh, we have a landing page set up aimasterbootcamp.com aimasterbootcamp.com if you go there once a week i hop on a zoom call it's live and during one hour we take some time to show you what is possible if you are open to maybe a little bit of do it yourself in your business yeah and i think the the true benefit that i have seen from the ai is time savings there's so much that we've been doing that you can have ai do for you and so so much quicker so much more of a timely manner uh, in particular I, I know that what we have utilized is you know some folks have a lot of a lot of problems posting stuff or uh, they they spend forever trying to craft just two paragraphs that they want to put out there and ai makes this so much easier but learning the, I think the proper thing is called a prompt, right? So learning how to prompt your AI yes. properly mm -hmm. and give it the instructions, which that's what the prompt is, to give you what your, what your desired output is, I believe is the key. And I know that's a big thing that y'all talk about because if you can't talk AI, then AI probably can't talk back to you with what you were hoping to get. Yeah, the fact is that AI, the way you, you and I talk about it right now is most likely what most people now refer to as chat GPT. So that is a language model who has learned to please its user based on giving language feedback at his or her level. And that means that the utility of that tool is only as high as the level of knowledge of use of, of the user. So what you said about prompting and utilizing it correctly is very, very true. You can use ChatGPT to have it write your recipe for the dinner tonight with the ingredients that you have in your fridge. Or <laughs> you can ask it complex questions about legal frameworks or maybe mathematical questions or business, business uh, problems to help you solve that. So learning the prompting the art of prompting is definitely something that is going to be a skill of very very high value as a matter of fact i predict that there is going to be a profession that is going to be labeled ai prompter there will be a lot of job openings coming where employers will say, you got to be savvy to help us navigate through this. Yeah, that's it. Every time you think that a certain industry, 
you, know, you go to school, you learn these things, and while you can be great at it, then something new like this comes up. And I agree with you. I, I've already seen some ads where people, without saying exactly what, calling for what you just said, that's what they're really saying. Yeah. Is we need people to be able to talk AI, as it were. Uh, so very, very interesting. But now it's, I'm very, very honored to be one of your clients. I'm very, uh, very happy that you guys are doing podcasts, that you're uh, allowing me to be one of your clients on the on the podcast because it, it's a joy to work with you. It's great to call you my friend, and it's been great to, to work with you over the, the last few years as we have. It's been great to know you. I've known you for a lot longer than we've been business. Absolutely. Uh, it, but that that's that's great. It's, it's always about timing, and so when the timing was right. Yeah, we've first uh, been honing our public speaking skills right. together, right? That's right, we sure and did. And who, who knew that it would be so important <laughs> to the point that we do podcasts together <laughs> without using too many filler words? I think we did pretty well today, Harlan. No, it really is funny because, I mean, obviously, when we were doing that, that was before the radio show, that was before yeah. any of these things. We were just... Okay, every now and then maybe I'll get to get in front of somebody and talk for five minutes, right? Oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I remember when we had these workbooks and I asked for a specific workbook. I said, I want to do the one public speaking on video. And I remember the supervisor was like, well okay, that's interesting. I don't know if that is going to be very relevant, but <laughs> now fast. And then, of course, the pandemic came, and now, I mean, I spend more time utilizing those skills than, than anything else. I probably apply those skills three to four hours per day in my business. And uh, let me also say that I am extremely happy that you are basically our first agency client for the podcast creation and it's just always amazing how open-minded you all are to leveraging these technologies and um, i will tell your listeners go to we have set up a website for this podcast which right now i want you to go to it's hwpowerhour.com hwpowerhour.com you can go there, enter your email, and then each time there's a new episode, you'll get a ping, and you won't miss out on any of Harlan's exciting uh, journey. All right. Man, it's been a joy to be with you today. Thank you for joining me on this first official Health and Wealth Power Hour podcast. Folks, I hope you have a blessed week, and please subscribe. We'd love to be able to share our episodes with you every single week. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye-bye.